It's worth dying for, for the greatest country that this world has ever seen. All right, what's going on, America? We are going to jump right into it. Um, There's really no way to say it. We now have gone from uh, America first to Ukraine first, America last. And it's not even like, like last. It's like dead, 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 dead last. Like it's America is so low on the totem pole for our government for our elected officials. It's actually quite disturbing and it's actually quite horrific. And, and, and so before I talk about Zelensky coming in and speaking before Congress, before I talk about all these things, I, I just, I, I think Tucker Carlson did a really good little segment here um, before anything else. So, so I'm going to play that and let you listen. And then, th- then I'm going to tell you my thoughts of the whole day yesterday, what I think it means, why symbolisms matter, um, et cetera. Here we go. This was bipartisan masochism. The Uniparty is alive and well, despite the best efforts of voters, including last month. And if you doubt that it's alive and well, here's a picture of Zelensky that he had taken with a group of elderly Republican senators in Kiev back in May. They stand grinning next to him in their orthopedic shoes, 70-year-old Susan Collins, John Barrasso, John Cornyn, led by their 80-year-old ringleader, Mitch McConnell. 44-year-old Zelensky poses between them in a skin-tight polo shirt, flexing like a weightlifter and trying to look ferocious. They seem awestruck. Not since a young Fidel Castro showed up in New York wearing battle fatigues has this country's aging leadership class tittered more loudly in delight. They love a man in uniform. What a hunk. So strong and decisive. Look at the expression of Mitch McConnell's face. You could almost hear the giggles of pleasure. No rational person assessing the issues ever would have predicted this moment. If you were a Republican office holder and Zelensky came to Washington, maybe you would, for a moment, ask him about his current and ongoing war against Christianity in Ukraine. Especially if you were, say, Mitch McConnell or John Cornyn, and a lot of your own voters go to church on Sunday. They might care about that issue. But McConnell and Cornyn didn't mention that. They didn't say a word. You will not hear a word on television tonight about the fact that Zelensky has banned an entire ancient Christian denomination in Ukraine and then seized churches and then thrown priests into jail. According to Mitch McConnell, who apparently hasn't left his office since the mid-80s, anti-Christian despotism is what most Republicans want above all. They don't get enough. They're just begging for it. Watch McConnell explain. Providing assistance for Ukrainians to defeat the Russians That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. And two other senators stand behind him, nodding like it's true. Defeating Putin is, quote, the number one priority among Republicans, says Mitch McConnell, who leads Republicans in the Senate. Number one before our own economy? or our own children's schools, or for that matter, before the more than 2,000 young people killed last year by fentanyl in Mitch McConnell's, quote, home state of Kentucky. All right, so that's a good just little reminder of who we're talking about here. And I've said this since the very beginning. I've said, look, uh, you know, war in Russia, Russia is bad, et cetera, but Ukraine is not good either. And this worshiping of of Zelensky is very uh very interesting and concerning to me. Um how much is 
<laughs> of $1.7 trillion going to the big guy of Joe Biden in this deal. Um, Zelensky, at the end of the day, as Tucker Carlson said, Zelensky is a guy that persecutes Christianity. He locks up preachers. He seizes churches. This is not a good man. He, he, he's not a good person. And I don't understand how we're acting like he is. And then this whole rhetoric that, and and again, this may sound really cold, and I'm sorry if it does, this idea that Republican leadership has that our number one priority right now is to help Ukraine. No, it's not. In fact, I don't even know if it's top 10, nay, top 20 things that Americans actually care about. The economy is definitely number one. And within the economy is the amount of taxes that Americans are having to pay to foot this bill that we are sending all this money to Ukraine to fight a war that is not ours. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about their service, and it is absolutely amazing. One of the largest networks in the country, you're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying at Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your phone number, and switch your service in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get a money-back refund guaranteed. Support a company who supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code GRAHAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code GRAHAM. That's Pure Talk. Simply easy, smarter wireless. Go to puretalk.com, promo code Graham now. So I want to talk about a couple symbolistic, uh, symbolism type things that occurred. One, it's just kind of this understood thing that when world leaders meet each other, they dress a certain way. You dress in an attire that is fitting of a world leader. When Zelensky met President Trump, he was dressed to the nines in a suit, tie, etc. I mean, it was that was just the way it is. But the way Zelensky, I, this was planned. Okay, it's not a short flight from Ukraine. <laughs> okay, Zelensky shows up in not tactical gear. He shows up in this skin tight looking, you know, five eleven polo shirt and some cargo pants to the freaking White House, okay? One, all right, Zelensky is not fighting actively in this war, okay? He's just not. Now, he, is he wearing the fatigues and solidarity with people that are fighting in Ukraine? Maybe. But again, I also have questions about this war in Ukraine. When, when I was in Iraq, we would have congressmen and senators and congresswomen and come in, and we would have them in full battle rattle or, or full battle battle gear surrounded by us in full battle gear in our protected fobs. Like, like, like they would not be allowed to walk around without full armored protection, 
full Kevlar body vest protection. It was a very serious, very big deal. These people are showing up, you know, Ben Stiller and all these actors are showing up along with our own uh, leaders in Congress. They're showing up having like Starbucks, like just walking down the street kind of thing. This is not a war. And I keep saying that people get so mad at me, but I've been to a war. What's going on in Ukraine? I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not, they're not battling, but what I'm saying is this all out war that they keep pushing. That's not what's going on. Something else is happening here. It is weird. It is strange. People don't just show up and walk around the streets of Kiev or Kiev or whatever they call it in just their normal clothes, drinking lattes, hanging around, taking pictures and doing 60 minute interviews and taking uh, photos for Time Magazine and GQ. That's not what happens when you are actually at war. That's just not the way it goes. So anyway, Zelensky shows up in the most ungrateful, most disrespectful way he possibly could. He shows up to the White House. Okay, and yes, the White House has taken quite a drastic drop in relevance, presence, just sovereignty. Well, not sovereignty. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, patriotic uh, stance lately under Biden. But this man shows up in, you know, cargo pants and a camo, t- uh, camo collared shirt just while he's there to beg for more money. Completely disrespectful. As I said, symbolism is everything in these events. Um, And then during his speech, he goes on to basically say, thank you so much for all the money, but I want you to know that this money is not going to be enough money and you're going to have to continue to give us money because you giving us money is the only thing that's right and you have to give us money because that's just the way that it is. And so even though you've given us money, it's not enough money and you're going to have to continue to give us money. How much money have we given Ukraine? You may ask. Well, I did some research into that. Uh, People are now reporting that we have given Ukraine in a year more money than we gave in the entirety to the U S military in the Afghanistan war. Let that sink in for just a moment. Everybody got it. Everybody spit out their coffee and is upset about it as I am. Okay, great. And what's even weirder now is we got this omnibus, 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 however they say it, spending bill that will fund the government. It will repeal, um, or not repeal, but eliminate the uh, vaccine mandate for our military, etc. But within it lies all this money for Ukraine. And so we got another vote coming up as per usual. And I just, I I don't see how you can vote yes for this. And, and, and I don't, I don't understand. I have a problem with Zelensky. Yes. He's the president of Ukraine. Got it. Yes. He's a world leader. Got it. But he's also a horrible human being. Zelensky is a terrible Human being, just because even if this is all out war in in Ukraine with Russia, which I just don't believe it, um, because I've seen all out war, 
even if he's doing a great job for his country, defending his country, that's great. He's still a terrible person, and he's still an anti-Christian, Christian-prosecuting human being. Ukraine is not a good place. It's just not. Why does he get to speak in front of Congress and the people of America don't get to speak? Um, in fact, if you call right now the senators that voted yes for this omnibus bill, they are not accepting phone calls today. Uh, it's going straight to voicemail because you are too much of a peasant and you do not matter enough to your elected officials to even, you know, be able to speak to the 22-year-old intern that's just answering the phones. Like, that's how little they think of you. And I said it on Twitter yesterday. I said, uh, Zelensky does not have the, should not have the authority to speak in the people's house. That is the American people's house. The end. He's got no business speaking in there. He wants to talk in front of the Capitol. Cool. Why is he in the Capitol? And then things happen um, during the speech that I just, I can't, I can't believe. Um, in fact, it's the photo seen around the world of, let me see, I believe it's Harris and Pelosi. Just let me look just to make sure. First of all, you get that video of Zelensky and, and Pelosi kissing. It's by far one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. Okay, yes. So there's this image of Zelensky speaking, and it's Pelosi and Harris holding the Ukrainian flag behind him in front of the American flag. And at first when I saw this, like many people, I was like, well, that's got to be Photoshop. This is probably Babylon B <laughs> doing something. But it's not. It's real. It absolutely is real. And that's why the title of this message is uh, Ukraine First, America Last. Because you see these images and these symbolisms and how just gleefully these, these, these leaders, in quotation marks, are supporting Ukraine and Zelensky and the people of Ukraine and just giving so much money to Ukraine and all this. But yet our own people won't listen to Americans. And now the IRS wants to track. We have no idea how much money has gone to Ukraine. Really, we have no idea what that money has actually been used for. And Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates got in trouble because they were sitting when Zelensky was speaking. But this is what she had to say. And I thought it was very powerful. Check this out. Hey, everyone. I just finished attending the address by President Zelensky. And we're going to have votes here at the Capitol for the next four hours or so. Here's what was clear from tonight. The people of Ukraine are suffering. The war is deadly and horrific. And the carnage has not stopped. Sadly, what I didn't hear tonight was a clear explanation of where the first $50 billion we sent to support their efforts went. Until Congress receives a full audit on where our money has already gone, I will not support sending additional money to this war. President Zelensky is working to protect his country, his border, and his people. I get it. I really just wish our commander-in-chief would do the same right here at home and secure our southern border and protect our people. I think that that's a, um, I think that's a real thing. Where is our money going? Total money sent to Ukraine. Let's just look. 
Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA of 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold can help you protect yourself with gold today by texting Graham to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. Okay, I can't find exact numbers right this second, but basically... Back in May, they offer they authorized fifty three billion, uh, with another thirteen point six billion initial vote for emergency aid, followed by a forty billion in military civil aid in uh, uh, again in May tenth, twenty twenty two, and now they are doing as of right this second another forty four billion dollars to Ukraine. Uh, by the time this all ends, and and, and I'm looking for. The totality of it, but yeah, all cost, all cost, all cost of Afghanistan, Pakistan, everything in 20 years was right at $2 trillion. So the amount of money that we've spent and the rate that we're going, we will have spent. Uh, I need to clarify what I said earlier. I said we already had, uh, we are on pace to spend just as much, if not more, in Ukraine in the first 12 to 18 months of this war than we spent in 20 years in Afghanistan. It, it, and, and my apologies for misreading that earlier, but, but it still just shows the astronomical cost. Like, it's insanity to think of it that way, how quickly we are sending our money. And I don't think that it's, 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 it's anti-American or anti, I don't know, uh, anti-morality or anti-moral to say, Hey, where, where is our money? Where did it go? While the government just has freedom to just send whatever they want to Ukraine with no checks and balances of any kind. The IRS here in America is saying that, Oh, by the way, if you make six hundred dollars on PayPal, you better report it. You better report it uh, because if you don't report it, you're going to get audited, and we're going to go after you. Does that not bother anybody? Does it not bother anybody? All of these things that are going on. Lauren Bovert said it best. Where's that tweet at? I know she said it here somewhere. Hang on. Where's it? Ah, what's ten percent of one point seven trillion? Uh, that's $170 billion, just in case you wanted to know how much is going to the big guy. The $1.7 trillion omnibus disaster will mark a 25% budget increase for the ATF since the Trump administration. 
Make no mistake, Biden is coming for our guns. I'll be honest with you, at this point, the ATF, the FBI, the DHS, the DOJ, all these three-letter words just need to be, de- oh, and the IRS, all just need to be defunded and gotten rid of because they are nothing more than a attempt to wrangle in the American people. Sorry, I'm reading this article in real time. They're nothing more than an attempt to wrangle in the American people, to intimidate the American people. We we are in a situation that is just, it's hard to comprehend. And I don't know, I'm getting very close, and I know this is probably going to get me in trouble. I'm getting very close to refusing to pay taxes next year. I am. I am. I, I, I really, really, really am getting very close to refusing to pay taxes. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. You know, they, they just released Trump's tax returns. I could care less about a billionaire's tax returns. I care more about people whose jobs make $180,000 a year and then somehow become multi-billionaires while in Congress. Those are the tax returns that I want to see. But as far as the government goes, if, if, 50% of America stopped paying taxes in 2020. The government would be dead in 90 days. If that, actually, they are only able to continue to do this because we continue to allow it with the money that we continue to give them. The end. That's, I mean, that is the truth. We continue to give them the funds to do so every single day with our compliance, with our willingness to allow it to happen. I think that there is backdoor dealings with this Ukraine thing. I think that it is not above board. I think it is not above water. I think that there is definitely kickbacks going on. You got this crypto guy that was this main donor to Democrats that also had things funneling through Ukraine to come back into Democrat things. It's all, it's all it's it's insanity is what it actually is. And I think it's all going to come out. I really do. I really believe that this is going to. Now, even when it does come, all come out, do I think anybody's going to do anything about it? No, not really. Because I think in that regard, it's all worth it. It's all worthless. Somebody, somebody wrote me, they were like, uh, you know, don't, don't back down now. You're finally awake. Uh, and I don't disagree. I guess I am finally awake because both sides are terrible. All right, real quick, just some things here. I had, uh, I had somebody write me a little message that I thought was the most interesting message I've heard in a while. And I guess it's because of my new way of writing about things, but it just says, hi, Graham, after reading a few of your tweets, I realized your belief system and my belief system are totally in the opposite directions. I cannot imagine so much disparity could exist between two humans. So I decided to follow you. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Well, thank you. Thanks for following. Uh, maybe, we, you know, you'll get a good kick out of some of the things that I believe. And real quick, I want to talk about something that I saw a exchange between Matt Walsh and Tim Kennedy. I know both Matt and Tim respect both of them, like both the guys. So here we go. So Matt said, uh, that, and, and again, we're completely shifting from Ukraine now, just a final thoughts kind of thing. Matt Walsh said, porn has taken over our society. I don't disagree. But he said, porn has taken over our society. We need laws to fight back. Now, full transparency, 
Matt, I have not listened to your podcast episode yet. I intend on listening to it to hear in depth what you mean by that. But Tim responded very quickly with, no, we don't need any more laws. We need fewer laws. We need men. We need men, a charter. I think it, I think it was supposed to be men of character. We need men of character. We need fathers to raise young men to respect women. We need a society that values each other. Now, I now before and again, full transparency, I have not listened to the episode yet. I've got to go with Tim here on this. Putting laws in place. Now, granted, do I think we need some we need much stricter regulation? Yes. In fact, me and several coworkers have had this argument a lot. Should porn be outlawed? <laughs> uh, and does that conflict with free speech and the right to do whatever you want? And, you know, and how is, you know, that any different than watching, you know, just graphic sex scenes and movies, et cetera. And anyway, I am more on the side of no, we need new regulations with porn. Absolutely. Because there's absolutely child exploitation, exploitation going on in pornography. It is horrific. It is soul crushing. Uh, it is marriage ending. It is unrealistic expectation. It is complete and utter degradation of women in pornography. I, I completely agree. Nothing good comes out of porn. And you don't see that until you 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 give it up. And it is an addiction. It really is. You become addicted to por pornography and you don't realize how much it's hurting you, your relationships, your marriage, whatever it is. You don't realize it until you stop. But do I think we need laws against it? I, I don't know. And this is where it comes into play. You know, you've got Jordan Peterson had a really good take and it wasn't about porn. I wonder if I can find it really quick. Um, it wasn't about porn, but it was basically about dangerous versus weak, right? So here, listen to this. This is, and, and this will get to my point here. Check this out. Saying men should be dangerous. By dangerous, that implies I should be ready to threaten someone, to hurt somebody. No, you should be capable of it. But that doesn't mean you should use it. There's nothing to you otherwise. Like if you're not a formidable force, there's not there's no morality in your self-control. If you're incapable of violence, not being violent isn't a virtue. People who teach martial arts know this full well, right? If you learn a martial art, you learn to be dangerous, but simultaneously you learn to control it. Both of those come together. And the combination of that capacity for danger and the capacity for control is what brings about the virtue. Otherwise, you confuse weakness with, with moral virtue. I'm harmless, therefore I'm good. It's like, no. That isn't how it works. That isn't how it works at all. If you're harmless, you're just weak. And if you're weak, you're not going to be good. You can't be because it takes strength to be good. It's very difficult to be good. All right. So the context of that is basically if you're weak, there's no virtue in controlling yourself to not harm others. Right? So to me, that kind of falls in the same line. And please email me, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com and let me know what you think. To me, if you outlaw pornography to where it's illegal to look at porn, any kind of porn whatsoever. And again, prefacing this with, I am not pro-porn, okay? But if you outlaw it, then where is the morality and the virtue of refraining from it? 
right? There's some people who think that alcohol is bad. Okay. I, I'm not one of those people, but if you outlaw alcohol, as we found out in the prohibition, <laughs> but if you outlaw alcohol, where's the virtue? Uh, well, we got to outlaw alcohol because there's some people that become addicted and they become alcoholics. So we got to outlaw alcohol. Okay. But if you do that, then where is the virtue of having the self-control not to abuse alcohol? And so you're really, in a sense, removing the test that leads to moral standards within humanity. You, you can't have moral standards and you can't have values, et cetera, if there's never any opportunity for that to be tested. You can't, you can't say that you are a committed and devoted uh, husband or wife if you don't make active decisions every day to remove yourself from the opportunity to make a mistake. I've said this over and over and over again. Every single person is a cheater or capable of cheating. Every single person. I, I don't care. And you can argue with this with me to the grave. There's only so far you can go before chemical, like hormonal, instinctual things take over to where you're no longer like in charge of your own body. You can only allow them to get so far into your hotel room before it is inevitable that something is going to happen. That's everybody. Uh, there's this other really powerful uh, thing on this uh, episode I watched uh, on TV where it's like everybody's a murderer. Everyone is a murderer. It just has to get to a certain point. Something has to happen. Everyone is capable of murder. Some, it's just what is that level of tolerance that people have to get to before that becomes the thing. For most people, it is harm against themselves or people that they love, etc. Everyone is capable of murder. But again, I, I just I, I'm not sure that more laws is the answer. We are losing our moral fabric of society. And by implementing more laws, you're not gaining morality in a society. You're almost like going towards like a purge scenario where you got all these laws and all this stuff is building up in people. And then one day a year, you have to remove all the laws and let them become the horrific, deadly, murderous, adulterous, debaucherous creatures that they actually are. And then they reset for an entire year. More laws, I'm not sure is the answer. More God, more Jesus is definitely the answer. But those are my thoughts. And please let me know yours at Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear America podcast. That's all we have for this episode. And we'll see you all again next time.